What's going on, everybody? We're here for another episode of Just 360 Chat with Just Bobby T. And today's guest is Ian from the Downtown Business Association. How's it going, Ian? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So what we usually do to kind of start things off, um, even though we're kind of in the first half of the week, I'm kind of curious, what has sort of grabbed your attention this last seven days, um, whether it's around just pop culture or in general in life? You know, I think it, uh, and I know we're going to talk about this more, but uh, cannabis. Uh, what's happening? Who's doing it? Where's it going? Uh, what are the regulations? And how is it going to impact workplace? No, that's that's so. <laughs> it's kind of funny. That whole like industry is like blanketing everything. Yeah. You know, from like hospitality to retail, all the way down to you know, like I guess you say like food and beverage. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of excitement, a lot of interest, uh, but a lot of uncertainty. Oh, com- completely. And that's what makes things interesting. Absolutely. It's like the gold rush. <laughs> it's, <laughs> That's, 2018. Is, that's a good uh, good analogy there, yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ian, exactly. Uh, sure. Uh, from Ottawa originally, and uh, moved out here uh, on the day of the tornado, July 31st, 1987, uh, which was kind of interesting because my dad was coming out to, to run the weather service, so an interesting uh, uh, red carpet to, uh, to Edmonton. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, actually, let's dive a little bit into that. What was that like coming during that period of time, during the tornado? Like, yeah. were you... Was it challenging? Did you have to, could you move into your house? Like what happened to that exactly? And give people a little context. Sure. Um, we, uh, we moved out here uh, for, for my father. He's getting a new job. And um, I was excited. I knew of Wayne Gretzky, you know, big mall. You know, this, <laughs> this is the place to be. And when we got here, uh, we actually flew around the tornado to get in. And uh, they came and picked up my dad, took him away. Um, uh, our family couldn't get to our house because there was flooding. So we ended up at the Weston Hotel. Uh, so I actually, my first day at Edmonton, I, uh, I was already a downtowner and, uh, you know, they had room service and they had uh, a pool. I thought it was, this is our new house. This is fantastic. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you, like, how long did you have to? I think it was a, a, a couple of days, maybe a week. Okay. Um, but it, uh, it introduced me to the downtown. Still have fond memories back then. And certainly downtown has changed since, but, uh, day one I was, uh, I was downtown. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about sort of your current position mm-hmm. and sort of what you do. Um, here in Edmonton. Sure. Uh, I'm the executive director at the Downtown Business Association of Edmonton. We're one of 13 business improvement areas across the city. Uh, we are arm's length from the city and independent, but we are an organization that uh, that is basically run through the city. And uh, we are, are there to make our area, um, downtown for myself, uh, more beautiful, more attractive, more interesting, safer, uh, more inclusive, and cool. ultimately... Uh, a, a great place to, to spend money and to invest, and, and that's what we're uh, we're doing every day. Awesome, awesome. So, like, and I think like what makes Edmonton such an interesting place because of our new arena. Um, we have, and correct me if I'm wrong, we have over five billion dollars invested in the downtown core, which is um, one of the major investments across any any major city across mm-hmm. North America. Yeah, we uh, we did a study um, uh, last year to take a look at where we where we've seen the investment coming from. Where is it going? What's the total value? And the number that uh, is a couple years old now, but it's it's around $5 billion of proposed or under construction uh, or likely projects. Uh, We're about halfway through that. So we're about $2.5 billion that has been constructed. Um, 
and another about a billion and a half uh, that's uh, that's come uh, in terms of proposals has come forward in the last uh, year or two. So uh, pretty healthy stats, pretty good numbers, and uh, certainly we just want to get some of that built. Wicked, wicked. So tell us what exactly does that mean in terms of like opportunities? So when people hear about there's lots of developments, there's a lot of um, new towers or sure condos that are popping the downtown core, but what does that mean for like the everyday kind of citizen and how does that translate to ultimately opportunities? Well, certainly from the city side, it's, it's more tax. Uh, so a, a greater tax base. Uh, and for the downtown, we have uh, the CRL, which is the community revitalization levy. So the more money and more tax we're collecting in the downtown gets reinvested back into the downtown. So you'll get more parks, you'll get more public buildings, you'll get nicer spaces and improved uh, areas. And so it kind of builds off of itself. Yep. And uh, again, it's going to stay downtown, which is really great because we're, we're spending the money downtown. Let's reinvest it downtown. Totally. And that makes like a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like ties into um, sort of the first time we met. So the first time we met, um, and I'm not sure if you remember, but I was uh, part of that Tastemakers Edmonton. We were hosting that Moet Party Day. That's right, on the um, rooftop. On the rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> and like that was like a really awesome like like event. And it was a really awesome like opportunity to experience, you know, like eventing in the downtown core in like mm-hmm. a rooftop setting. And I'm curious, um, is eventing in terms of like engaging the downtown community or the downtown um, businesses, is that like a... Uh, is that something that's like an opportunity with the Downtown Business Association? Absolutely. Uh, we're here to support, connect, and enrich downtown. And it's, it's a broad statement, uh, but it really is to connect the dots. So whether you're doing something great in the business world or in the community support or social work or at the city, we want to connect you and really bring great people together. Uh, that's going to c- create a healthy and vibrant and an inclusive community. Totally. And then like, what, and what are some like, I guess, events or projects have you guys actually done to kind of usher that in? Uh, well, one of the ones we're, we're proud of is we sponsored Downtown Proud, which is um, a social enterprise that Boyle Street Community Services cool. uh, puts on. And we, we, along with some other partners, including BOMA, um, uh, sponsored some new carts. And they uh, hire people at a, at a good living wage to go around and help clean up our downtown. So it's providing employment, it's p- providing training, uh, it's keeping people uh, working and active, and it's making our downtown a better place. And we're getting really great results from it. Um, cleaner downtown, yep. but also uh, we get to meet those that have been hired and, and, and uh, employed by Boyle Street, and they're just wonderful people, and certainly next time you see them uh, on the street, say hi. Uh, they want to talk to you, and, and, and yep. they're really proud about what they're doing and Wait. helping clean up there. And, and for people who are not aware, can you like, kind of go in details about what is Boyle Street exactly and what that community group Sure. Uh, Boyle Street Community Services, one of the more uh, prominent and active uh, social agencies in the downtown. They do a ton of work, um, huge cross-section of services and and supports, and uh, often um, uh, are involved in things that people just don't realize, yep. um, which is great to see. But they, they really do have that day-to-day, hands-on um, impact yeah. and keeping people warm and safe and providing some some opportunity for them. Yeah. So with sort of like how Edmonton's kind of structured um, with, yes, we have like our downtown core, but we have a lot of um, suburbs or other communities in the outside of the downtown core. What do you guys do to kind of engage those individuals and pull them into 
I mean, the downtown area. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the main parts of my job is, is attraction. Uh, so we want to make sure that, uh, first and foremost, that downtown is safe and inviting. Uh, you're not going to stay somewhere very long if, it, if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And if you're not entertained. Yeah. So let's put some public art. Let's build some nice new buildings. Let's have some new patios. And collectively, all of that is going to help contribute to an area that's attractive, that people want to, you know, go be and, and be seen. Yeah. You know, you look at great places around the world. Uh, Robson Street is a, a good example from a commercial side. People go down to Robson Street just to walk around because they get to see people. Totally. Right? Uh, Times Square, uh, maybe not as great an example, but yeah. it you know, attracts a lot of people. <laughs> And, and so, and they've also like Times Square as an example. They they've done stuff like placemaking and mm-hmm. trying to make it more attractive or inducive for pedestrians, and exactly. not so much uh, just another space for people just to drive by and things like that. And that, and that's the the real key here is that you need to have a diversity of options. So whether you want to come down and sit on a public bench under a tree and read a book and have a really nice urban experience that way, or whether you're going to be going to a patio with your friends and having a few cocktails, yeah. um, or you're going to the library. Um, and maybe you're going for a bite to eat and then out to the Windspear. Uh, really great downtowns of the world, really great urban areas have a huge offering and it can attract a, a, a wide variety of demographic. Totally, totally. So one of like the major events that we have upcoming, which I'm excited for dealing with like food and beverage, is sort of like Edmonton Dining Week. And mm-hmm. can you please kind of break down and give us a snippet of what that is exactly all about? Absolutely. It's, uh, so the Downtown Business Association, we put that on. It's our largest event. Um, we have been doing it for 15 years now, so quite a while. I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> 15th anniversary. Uh, and this year we have uh, 37 participants, uh, our largest ever, which is great and reflective of, of how many restaurants have come downtown, speaking of, of attracting business. Totally. Uh, and a couple new ones, which is always great to see. And what we do is uh, we do a 10-day um, dining fest where they provide either two or three-course meals at lunch and, and dinner yeah. uh, for a fixed price. And we encourage the chefs to get creative and, and maybe something off menu. Yep. Maybe it's something coming up. Maybe they want to test something out. Uh, or maybe they just have a dish that they love. And it's been on the menu for years and, and just want to give, give it some exposure. And so we, uh, it's a food fest. Uh, this year we experimented uh, as well. We reached out and we have some other partners doing uh, some wine tastings. Wicked. Uh, some food and wine pairings. And, uh, and also um, pairing... Uh, culinary books. So yep. Audrey's uh, did a, uh, an article for us on on sort of the top ten cooking books. So we want to make it more into a, a festival. Yep. And everybody loves eating, uh, and we want to make it into a bit of a party. So uh, certainly looking forward. It, it runs March 9th to 18th. Yep. And uh, you can see all the menus online at uh, edmontondowntown.com. Wicked, wicked. So when it comes to food, are you yourself? Are you a foodie? Uh, I like to say I'm a little bit of a foodie, but yeah. I'm 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 I'd say I'm. A seven out of ten foodie. I, I don't need to get into all the details of where it was grown and you yeah. know, uh, what type of kale. Uh, but uh, <laughs> certainly, I, I love food, and yeah. I get. I, I'm fortunate with my uh, with my role. I get to go visit a lot of restaurants and and uh, sample some of their offerings. And so it's uh, it's been great to see downtown Edmonton has really exploded on the food scene. Yeah. Uh, like other parts of the city, but uh, we've we've been able to attract a lot of new restaurants. And a lot of the, uh, the ones that have been here have um, taken that as a challenge and said, you know what, we need to step up our game too. Totally. And I guess like bottom line, it just like improves the whole culture and the whole system. So like as, yes, there's more competition, that's going to still drive new customers mm-hmm. and get more exposure for all the restaurants as a whole, exactly. um, as a community. And do you kind of foresee that continuing to grow? Will you see it going to grow larger? Um, like what are your thoughts around kind of the whole 
hospitality industry in the downtown core? Well, I think we were underserved for a lot of years. Uh, we're trying to figure out where that saturation point is too, because you, you certainly don't want to oversaturate the market and then nobody's successful. And so we're, I think we're ebbing and flowing right now, trying to find that balance point. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's still demand here, and I think there's there's more people moving downtown, more people coming downtown. Uh, the Royal Alberta Museum's coming. They're, that's going to bring 300,000 people a year downtown. Wow. Uh, you know, Rogers Place, certainly a nice district. And so we're, we're, we're having a significant uh, number of more people coming downtown. We need to provide them more options in, in throughout the downtown and including the quarters, which is great to see. Uh, the Moth just opened up okay. on Jasper and 95th. Not, I'm not familiar with the Moth. What's the Moth? It's, uh, it's, I think it's a vegan, uh, vegan type of menu. Okay. Um, and uh, they're Cafe Mosaic folks on, from the White Avenue. Okay, group. awesome. And uh, it, every time I've, I've tried to go, I turned around because it was full. Oh, wow. And so it's, we're, we're getting a lot more creative yep. in terms of uh, restaurateur and in new locations yep. that uh, we didn't have restaurants in the past, which is great. And I'm sure it's great to have like a diversity of different foods and people are starting to build out certain niches, whether it's around types of food or just bottom line dietary. Yeah. Yeah, niches, which and that's is the great, great part is, you know, now you can go out for whatever you want, and regardless of dietary restriction almost, uh, whereas before, uh, people may have, might have stayed at home because they were uncomfortable at having to, to find something that would, uh, would work for them. And so the markets responded, and, you know, we're certainly seeing more people eating out, and uh, it's, I think, a trend that's going to continue. Uh, of course, Skip the Dishes has had a lot of impact, and we're trying to figure out what that does in terms of do people just stay up in their condos and order now <laughs> yeah or do they come downstairs and actually go to the restaurant and, and yep. so that whole world of, of skip the dishes and and amazon in terms of the retail side of it we're trying to figure out what that looks like for downtown yeah totally and, and like i'm such and like I, i'm guilty i'm such an avid user of technology <laughs> and all those services and things like that and that kind of just reminds me about your your smartphone <laughs> <laughs> it's and, only as smart as the the user right? <laughs> that's totally that's totally <laughs> true and for everyone who's like one like, what kind of phone do you have? Uh, this is the Sony Ericsson 810i. Yeah. Um, I, I think I acquired it in 2003. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've never had a smartphone. Um, this has been my phone for, uh, for the entire time. Uh, it, it's small. And it uh, it's compact, it's robust, it makes phone calls, totally. you know, it texts me- it texts messages. Yeah. Um, and I'm of the opinion that we we've sort of lost our way with communication in some form. Yeah. And the number of times you get an email when you should have had a phone call. Totally. Uh, and so now I'm I, I force it. If you, yep. if you really need to get a hold of me, you have to call me. Yeah. And I, I think that's important. I think we need to bring back a bit more of that like actual human connection. And I have to like completely agree with that. Like, and I was just like actually having a conversation the other day where you lose so much when mm-hmm. you don't have when you're just talking behind that screen. So you obviously lose the body language. You miss Context the nuances. And, and you, yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it's exa- and it's funny you say that. Like you miss some of the most important key messages. Do not should not be like communicated through a quick three lines of text exactly. or even two through email while if you had that in-person discussion or yes through phone yeah. um, that would allow you to get all those nuances and say like hey this is actually very important exactly. or you know the other or vice versa hey this wasn't actually that important like well, you and miss and all the that. other part of it too uh, I mean other than text messages is that I feel like I'm I'm away from technology I'm away from um, you know that that shackle to my phone totally. and the world all the time. Uh, we're on our computers enough. We're in front of media enough. Uh, I don't need to have it all the time everywhere. <laughs> That's so funny because um, um, shout out to Cam. Um, he recently 
got rid of his phone <laughs> and his business partner. Nope. I want to try it now phone. I was like, wow, that's a brave wow. move yeah. in today's world. But I mean, totally. Uh, I'm a, again, a big advocate of if we're going to talk on the phone for 20 minutes, why don't we get together for, we're, we're making all of these great strides. We're having a little awkwardness in how we do it, but we're going to community league, which I sat on for many years. Uh, Chris Bize, he's the president over there. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> cool. uh, people to gather and, and, and have food and have break bread basically. Wicked. And, and those people urban isolation and mental health is a huge issue in, in cities. Yeah. So the more things, we, yeah. that's what excites me because the rest of it will come along. If you have a healthy, inclusive, active and vibrant downtown, you're going to have a really strong community. Totally. And, and I guess you, and so you themselves or um, help support some of these initiatives to ensure that. You, you asked people five or 10 years ago, um, or they, you would say that you're with the downtown, downtown. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they didn't understand that this, like the other 158 neighborhoods, are communities. Totally. And people living downtown now uh, in one of the densest neighborhoods in the city. Wow. And so, you know, there's an impetus places for, for people to gather and, and not just at restaurants or bars, but in, in different ways. And I had great partners like City of Edmonton and, yep. and private developers to make sure that we have places to go and, and, and share. Totally. And I can imagine, like, especially currently right now on the downtown um, community or the downtown business um, in regards to that whole space. Have a drink at lunch, right? It, it, is there going to be that kind of relationship? Yeah. Um, or is it, and they were having, I think, 30 calls a day uh, wow. about inquiries of space, potential dispensaries that sell different uh, accoutrements. Yeah. And so what percent of their uh, their business? And so you're going to see some interesting partnerships. But again, I, I think, and so there's just a lot of uncertainty and we're, we're certainly uh, hearing more and more each day. Uh, but again, I'm still... Is there a lot of vacancy in the downtown core in terms of the A towers, the B towers? Uh, there's certainly, it's it's 10 million square feet of vacant space or something wow. of that nature. And and that kind of like, so like one of like the like vignette showcase mm-hmm. and sort of that has like played into as an opportunity. Which is amazing if anybody expected like with sort of like this unused real estate. Ha, are, have you guys ever thought about trying to pilot? To have right in the core. Uh, at the same time, uh, a surface parking lot doesn't do all we, we want to make downtown more attractive for for condo development for office development uh for parks buying that and converting that into a brand new large central park wow i and didn't know that that's yeah really good. so that's uh you know what the site next to it because they know that they're going to be facing onto a park <laughs> that's so cool and so how do you connect on jasper 95th street which has been there about three years uh the developer uh, sidex out of calgary uh has been, and all of a sudden and, and you put a, a restaurant like moth nearby it starts to gain some momentum, and it becomes an area that people want to be again. Uh, and so we want to we want to build community, but we also want to just ensure that we're we're dedicating enough resources to certain areas that might need a little extra push. Yeah, and which makes a lot of sense. And I was curious, like, so are you familiar with that Rust Magic Festival yeah. when they put up those murals? One and of the what, best. What were your thoughts kind of all on what they that did to the downtown core? Uh, those two uh, are just fantastic people, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, they. I'm big fans of their work. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, how do you bring color to an area? Yeah. You add color. Yeah. And it's, it's not rocket science. Totally. If you have a blank wall, put some great mural and then paint it some beautiful colors. Yeah. It's amazing. That simple thing can change a whole block. And uh, I'm totally an advocate to, to, to have more. Um, yeah. And... That goes also to public art in general. Yep. You know, we need to make our, our urban areas more playful, more interesting, well lit, and you can accomplish a lot of these goals through art. 
Yeah. And so like, I like to think, I don't know yet because this podcast is new. Um, there's a lot of like creatives who, um, have ambitions, um, to be, I guess, put their artwork out there or sort of get, um, those, you know, opportunities and mm-hmm. respect to showcase an artwork or utilizing spaces. And I guess, is there channels where they can get information or, or sort of get communications of what's important, whether mm-hmm. it's around the downtown community or what's in the city community? Like what is the best way to get those details? Um, the uh, Edmonton Arts Council is a great way to do it. Uh, or go talk to Linda Wedman at uh, The Works. Okay. Uh, she's on our board and uh, certainly is, is well connected in that world. Uh, the city of Edmonton has some great pathways for people if they, if they want to get involved in, in public art. Uh, projects, large projects have 1% for public art, so there's always uh, competitions going on. Um, Didn't know that. Yeah. That's <laughs> and that's how we get some of our larger pieces of, of public art, uh, which sometimes are controversial, but yeah. uh, at the end of the day, that's that's what art is. And so uh, to add more is, is fantastic. Totally. And um, I'm kind of curious when it comes to where, where do you do you like social media as a whole? And <laughs> what are your thoughts around that whole space? Well, given my phone, uh, <laughs> I can't do any social media uh, unless I have somebody that's a willing participant. Uh, so I have a Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, but I have to tweet from my computer. <laughs> so people find it funny because I'll go take a photo of an event. And then like three hours later, <laughs> I'll post a photo of it yeah. at, at the event. Uh, I, I used to actually have a buddy of mine who uh, who would help me, and he would actually do some of my Twitter for me. It's yeah. So it's like a social media manager, if you will. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't do Facebook. I, I just never got into it. Or Instagram? None. Never. You know, I know that's the the, the current rage, and totally. Uh, I certainly like taking photos. Uh, but again, the not having a smartphone yeah. really impacts certain things that you can and can't do realistically. So has I mean, and I'm I'm super fascinated by that because like a lot of people like the cliche term is like everyone's on Facebook, everyone's on social media, um, and I'm curious like. Like, has that ever, like, hurt you in any way in terms of not being present or not having I used to, uh, a I used to miss a lot of invites because <laughs> everybody Facebook invited. Yeah. So I'd get phone calls, like, 5 o'clock on a Friday saying uh, it's somebody's birthday and <laughs> we're, we're going for dinner in an hour. You know, and they knew about it for the last month. Yeah. Uh, so you, you do miss a couple things here and there, but most people know that I don't have those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, and so they find other ways to contact me. But... Uh, you know, I think part of it actually has helped me because okay. it means that I have to go do more face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, and I have to, to reach out in different ways and through different media streams. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's how you sort of differentiate yourself. Uh, if you follow the crowd everywhere, uh, you're, you're not as unique. And totally. uh, you're sort of lost in that crowd in some ways. Yeah, and I, I have to echo that same point because it's interesting now how a face-to-face is not traditional and it's yeah. like, it's unique. <laughs> <laughs> um, where it's such like, a, I mean, the rock bottom, like that's that's how things got done. That's right. <laughs> is meeting in person having that conversation getting that work done exactly (laughs) we need to get back to more of that and you know that goes back again to a lot of mental health and urban isolation again is you know if we if we are in our offices in our homes and we don't interact uh, I don't think we're as creative I don't think we're as um, innovative yeah and uh, so I I want us to get out more and and have more face to face and for me that's a great excuse just to go see people and and catch up with friends and run into people like you know you go to Credo on a Saturday you can sit there for 20 minutes and you'll meet 20 people 100% and run into the world I I have to completely agree with that And, and I think a lot of 
you know, I, I think the responsibility is on us, you Absolutely. know, as a community and us as a people, because, you know, sometimes we say like, you know, there's nowhere to go to or no, or no places that are inducive for like walking or mm -hmm. something in the downtown core. But I, I think it starts with. We're just making excuses. hundred percent. Yeah. We're, we're, we're uh, I don't want to use the word lazy, but we're just more, um, we're finding ways to not get out there in some ways. Totally. And we're, I think we're starting to see. Um, a bit of a reverse in that, yeah. in that uh, people are now almost forcing themselves to go out because they know that they're going to be stuck behind the computer or phone or whatever. Totally. And you know what? I would I would call them lazy. So like uh, <laughs> amongst my circle and network, um, a lot of people have always like said the cliches, you know, Edmonton is a, a boring city. There's nothing to do. But literally there's something to do amazing every single night. It's just you got to look for it just like any other exactly. major city or any place in, <laughs> you know, across Canada gotta, or North America. I got to turn down stuff. Totally. And it's a wonderful problem to have. Yep. Um, you know, I think Edmonton maybe is a little less uh, overt yeah. in some of those opportunities and, and, and adventures. Uh, whereas Toronto, maybe Vancouver, Montreal, it, it's sort of in your face and there's, there is a lot of it. Yeah. Whereas in Edmonton, you do have to seek things out a little bit more, but there's tons of stuff to do. Totally. Uh, I, I, I'm always amazed when people say it's not walkable, it's, it, you know, it's boring, there's not a lot of things going on. You know, I, what I try to do is say, okay, next Saturday you're coming out with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's, and then they'll get first time like, wow, I never knew this was going exactly. on. I never heard of this restaurant. I've never knew yeah. this new beer place or craft beer spot or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, us being like a festival city, um, how does like the downtown business association get involved mm -hmm. with sort of the festivals that are located in the downtown core? Yeah. So we, um, one of our mandates is, is obviously to bring people downtown. Yeah. We have a festival grant program. Cool. Uh, so if you go to our website, all the details are there. Uh, it has to be a multi-day event. Yep. Uh, and uh, we support, uh, we support, I think last year, 14 festivals. Cool. Um, anywhere up to $10,000. Okay, wow. Uh, and we also help connect them with some other uh, agencies and, and resource partners. Um, and sponsorship, to be yep. honest. Uh, but uh, we, we see downtown. I mean, this is the festival city. Uh, yep. We see downtown as the epicenter for that. And uh, right now, because Churchill's... Um, uh, closed in some forms uh, for uh, for some construction with the LRT. The festivals have moved into different parts of the uh, downtown and, and across the city. Okay. But we're going to be welcoming welcoming them back here in in uh, 2019. Okay. Um, but uh, we we just see downtown as a logical place for festivals. It's got a huge variety of public squares, parks. It's got uh, places like the Windspear or the new McEwen Fine Arts Building. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful space too. Yeah. That building. It's got transit, and you can certainly, uh, the Works Festival is a great example. You can walk and, and see so much art. Um, and so we, we just want to make sure that, that downtown is that, that premier choice for festivals. Yeah. Uh, and we want to be building more and more festivals. And then with that being said, like, what, what does the future kind of look like for the downtown community? And, and what are you, in the grand scheme of things, what mm -hmm. is DBA kind of like working towards ultimately? Uh, you know, I, I think with the, the, the simple question is a more vibrant, interesting downtown where you don't even have to say certain things or do certain things because it has that momentum. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get it 
get into that snowball effect where one project builds off of another, builds off of another. All of a sudden, you have a beautiful, complete block with everything you need. And so we're, we're, we're almost to that point. We're, we're getting closer. Uh, and we've got a lot of great partners, our, our member businesses, City of Edmonton, uh, people at EDC and, uh, and groups like that, the Chamber of Commerce, where we work with them all the time to really all push and pull uh, so that we can make downtown a much more interesting place because um, next uh, two weeks from now I'm actually doing a Pecha Kucha uh, and the, the topic is uh, as goes your downtown so goes your city and for a lot of cities the the downtown is the face and representation of that city yeah when you fly into somewhere you usually go downtown and that might be the only part of the city you ever get to see and so that's a lasting impression and uh, you know we only get to have a that first impression once totally and whether it's for a local citizen or or somebody coming in from around the world we need to do our best to make downtown really shine and really be a, a, a wonderful place to come and live and explore yep and then for the people who actually have never heard of a pecha kucha what is <laughs> what is that exactly <laughs> i believe it originated in japan or at least the word did yeah uh where you get uh, 20 slides and uh, is it 20 seconds or 30, se- 30 seconds a slide? Yeah. Uh, and so it's a great way throughout, uh, you know, an hour and a half, two hour evening to see a dozen presentations about all these great topics. And because it is so visual, you, you do really connect with them. Totally. And I, I recommend everyone to check that out because like I've went to a couple of them in the past and they're, they're interesting. And especially if there's like a topic or something that you really love, it's a great way to get more perspective um, mm-hmm. into that space. Awesome. Well, Ian, this has been a great conversation. Um, any last notes that you want to kind of leave things off on? No, I, thanks very much. I really appreciate uh, the invite today. And uh, this is a really cool space that, uh, you know, you can kind of see it right now. Uh, but, you know, this is the kind of building in this space and people like yourself that are really helping transform the city into a much more interesting and kind of cool place. Thank you. You know, we, we really um, worked hard over the last you know 10 years to, to, to get to that. And we're starting to see some of the fruits of all of our labor. And that's why, why I'm here. That's why you're here. You know, it, it, a lot of people, I think, might have left this city uh, a generation ago for, for opportunity and for that cool factor. And now we're starting to see it reverse. And we're, we're having a lot of people stay here. A lot of people move here uh, because it is a really up-and-coming city. 100%. And like, Ian, with that note, we're going to leave on that. I think Edmonton is just an awesome city, ripe of opportunities, so much activity is going on, so much growth, and it's only going to just get bigger and better from here. Absolutely. Awesome. So thank you, Ian, for coming in today, and um, thanks for everyone checking out for this episode of 360 Chat with Just Bobby T. Thank you for tuning in to Getting 360 with Just Bobby T you are on Facebook Live, I would really appreciate if you hit that share button. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, I would love it and appreciate it and would have so much respect if you could leave a rating. So many more podcasts to come and I appreciate you guys listening. Peace.